Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. What's up, you guys? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Tuesday. It's a bright, beautiful morning. Uh, at least I hope it is. It's Monday night right now as I record this. That was one of my favorite songs as a kid. And it, it's still one of my favorite songs. It's called King of Wishful Thinking by a band called Go West. More importantly, it's from the soundtrack of a little movie called Pretty Woman. Now, Pretty Woman, I think, is a seminal film. I mean, I think it's over 30 years old at this point, but it is still an amazing film. And that song, like, I think that was one of my parents, like, tapes or something or CDs. And you know that, like, (laughs) it's one of those, I don't know if you guys were like this with your parents where they had, like, the CDs or, you know, whatever. They would leave and you would, like, go into your parents' CD stuff and whatever they listened to, I listen to, you know, like that's how I ended up knowing like the works of Michael Bolton and Kenny G. But I remember loving the Pretty Woman soundtrack. And especially there is this part at the end. This is when I think it really gets very soulful. Come on, picture a little Ryan Bailey and his little dungarees down. <laughs> you made a hole in my heart. That's like the best line. You made a hole in my heart. Did you guys ever do this when you were a kid where you would hear these extremely um, complicated songs about love and romance? And as like a seven-year-old, you're like, one day I'll, I too will have a hole in my heart. You know, I mean, it turned out to be true. But as a kid, I mean, that's like a dark thought. I remember going, one day I will break up with somebody. Anyways, that is just an amazing song. And, I, you know, at the end of this, I'm going to play a version I found from Carly Rae Jepsen, who, by the way, Carly Rae Jepsen, I think she is a pop princess. I think she should be on the level of Kelly Clarkson in that kind of like 
Her albums make me so happy. They're just so, so great. But she does a version of this I found tonight that I'm going to play at the end, a little slowed down. Um, Very cool. I think you guys are going to dig it. How are you guys? Uh, Yesterday, Monday, was uh, Laguna Beach Pop Culture. We had a great conversation. Today, I have a great one for you as well. No, truly great. Um, I was so excited. Um, You know, like I always say, this podcast is a chance for me to talk to people that I've always wanted to talk to, people that I have made friends with online and I actually get uh, a forum to get their thoughts on everything. And today I am so excited to have uh, my new friend, Danielle Peterson. Uh, You guys might know her uh, at Hall of Back Cards. Uh, She has a great company. You probably know her. She makes these amazing cards and, and it turns out she is a cool as hell person. It's one of those things you can hear in the first 20 minutes. Like I, 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 I just, you know, when time just falls away and you're just having the best time talking to somebody, that is this conversation. And we talk about last week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which you guys, I'm telling you, it is a historic episode. I think this is one I've seen it two times so far. I cannot wait to watch it a couple more times. It just, it was firing on all cylinders. I think we have to, you know, we have to appreciate gifts when it is given. And last week's episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake was a gift. So we go over that, but we go over so much because she is as in love with pop culture as I am. So I think you're going to love it. Also, um, I know yeah, I, I know a lot of you guys love when I do like the music breaks and stuff like that. But for those who don't remember, there's timestamps. So if you want to skip past my king of wishful thinking beautiful comments. You're more than welcome to. Remember, this is your show. Uh, Pick and choose as you please. Um, Go back and listen. Like I did one about Army Hammer from two weeks ago that I know people are still listening to with Sophie Ross. Uh, She's going to come back on the show, I believe, next week. We're going to do a follow-up. Plus, uh, unfortunately, we have Marilyn Manson now thrown into the mix. You know, I don't know if you guys are finding this out, but it turns out a lot of us men, uh, we suck. So, (laughs) Uh, I, you know what? I, I had a suspicion but I now I'm really kind of finding out. I hope you guys are doing good. It's Tuesday. We got four more days. We are trucking along. Um, and then Wednesday, I'm going to have um, an account that I love at Best of Bravo. Um, you, uh, she is just amazing. We talk all Southern charm. We talk the rumors and I, I swear to God, you guys, these are conversations that I literally would have with my friends. Like, these are what they are. These are the conversations you would have with your friends. So I know you're going to have a blast listening to all of these this week. Um, A couple things before we get started. Um, uh, Below Deck tonight, I watched Below Deck, and you guys, it was tragic. Uh, There was a mahi-mahi disaster. Um, They needed five mahi-mahis, and Rachel was only told uh, four mahi-mahis, so... It was a big drama. I don't know if you guys saw, but very, very tense stuff with these Mahi Mahis. No, um, they actually had the uh, the Queen of Versailles. I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary. She was in tonight, her and her family, and uh, it was fine. It was good. Below Deck just hasn't taken off for me this season as I hoped it would have. But, um, you know, these things come, and come around. We did have a touching moment with Captain Lee talking about his son passing away. Uh, from a drug overdose, and uh, the Queen of Versailles, uh, her and her husband lost a daughter five years ago to the same thing. So we finally got to see Captain Lee open up about that, which was very, uh, very touching. Uh, A couple quick things. Victoria, uh, you guys, if you're Bachelor fans, 
and you haven't seen last night's episode, Monday night's episode, please fast forward for the next two minutes. Is that what we call it still fast forward? Okay, so anyways, Victoria, the one, you know, kind of the evil villain, she was sent home tonight. I know, folks. Let's uh let's let's say a prayer for Queen Victoria. Um I found out something about Victoria this week that really explains a lot because I kept wondering, I was like, why does she look like all these other girls are fully made up? And and I don't think Victoria is ugly, but her makeup, it just looked like she didn't have any, she looked washed out. She looked like she had two black eyes. Every time she came on, I was like, is this a joke? Are they just like messing with her and telling her it was very, um, it was just such a stark difference. I found out this week she had a sty in her eye. And that is why she did not put makeup on, which explains so much. Because every time she would come on screen, like, she was very entertaining, I guess, as a villain. Just, like, one of those typical assholes that really comes off good in a talking head. And you're like, oh, that's the villain, you know? And villains are, on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette especially, they're very likable because we're looking to hate somebody. That's how these shows work. Um, but the I just didn't understand why I was like, why is this girl going for the very natural look every episode so we find out and i by the way i've i've suffered from styes you guys uh not for a while now the last style i got was on the uh video set uh of american woman by lenny kravitz a long time ago i was a kid in the desert on my birthday and i shot all day in a lenny kravitz music video and he was on a bus playing his guitar and I I had to hear that damn song again and again and again. Dust was whipping everywhere. Worst birthday I've ever had. And then I got a huge sty in my eye that wouldn't go away for two months. How are you guys doing? Uh, So yeah, uh, Victoria, we are sad to see you go. That show is just not taking off for me at all. He, Matt is a snooze. Like, I, I mean, if God was like, okay, I can make you look like Matt James or you could have a little bit of a personality. I would probably still go for the Matt James thing, but I wouldn't like it. I mean, the guy has, the guy's a snooze. He is a snooze fest, please. If there are any ladies or guys that want to, like, please leave a voice note for me if you want to defend Matt James. By the way, I don't do good with The Bachelor because last year I, I, I made fun of Tyler Cameron and a lot of girls came after me and said he was like such a sweet guy. You know, it's funny how all the sweet, amazing guys are like the best looking guys. You never see, like, some, like, huge nerd with, like, eight eyes and, like, 800 pimples. They're like, he's a really sweet guy. Give him a chance. It's always, like, the insanely good-looking guys. Just something I've noticed (laughs) over my years. Um, We said yesterday, but I wanted to remind people, it was Stormy Jenner, Kylie Jenner's daughter's third birthday yesterday. And me and Laguna Biatch Kelly... We talked about how they had those scary head inflatables and they did Stormy World. But this year, we were like Stormy World was canceled because of the coronavirus. No, 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 folks. Coronavirus was not it – didn't, it didn't cancel Stormy World. They had a gigantic inflatable at Kylie Jenner's house today with slides and all that stuff. So the scary, huge inflatable head – I mean, at this point, Storm, they're making it so Stormy is going to be scared of herself like when score when Stormy's head gets bigger, she's going to be like, "Where have I seen this head before? Oh my God, is that the giant inflatable that's been at every one of my birthdays? Like I'm, I shit you not. This is like Candyman, like Candyman. It's like Stormy head, Stormy head, Stormy head. These things, I just, I don't know, I don't know what's going on over there. Like who, who's planning these things? Like yeah, a giant inflatable head. That sounds great. And then are the other kids? Is like, is like Northwest? Like where's my giant inflatable head? 
you know, is Dream like where? Hey, why is Stormy? Why is Stormy the only one with a gigantic, horrendous, scary head? I need a giant inflatable head. So, um, yeah. So I thought you guys would be happy to know the inflatable was still still there. Um, before we get into uh, Danielle Peterson, who, like I said, is just amazing. Um, really quick, uh, two things. Uh, rest in peace to Dustin Diamond. He is better known as Screech on a show called Saved by the Bell. Uh, Saved by the Bell for um, kids my age. Uh, you know, it was like that after school Saturday. Like it was just always there. Like, I, don't, I think I liked it, but it was always there, more importantly, you know? And um, I always, the Screech thing, especially because when I was in junior high and, and my freshman year of high school, I had really, uh, I had insanely large hair and I was looking at pictures today and I was like, why did I do this? You know, like I, I mean, in fact, every one of my fashion or hair choices, I look back years later and I'm like, why did I do this? Like if I could go back and tell myself, I would just be like, dude, keep your hair at a medium length and just wear all black. But I don't know. Like every time I think I'm doing something for myself, it just, it's horrendous when you look back at it. I don't know if you guys ever feel that, but I looked a lot like Screech, I guess. And I was insanely funny like Screech. <laughs> and I was in love with Lisa Turtle. Um, no, but so he passed away, um, passed away with complications of lung cancer. And it really, we just, it was announced he was sick a couple weeks ago. And unfortunately, it went really quick and he passed away. And I, I think, uh, I sometimes think with pop culture, you know, as people are like, oh my gosh, there's so many, so many deaths, so many people that you, you hear about these things. And I, I kind of, I had this conversation with my friend uh, a while back where it was like the, um, you know, the amount of movies, TV, music, social media that we are around now is so much more than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, that we, we've made so many people stars. We, we appreciate the, these things. They're part of our hearts. Like, so, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with a lot of loss throughout our lives. Hey, guys, it's a fun podcast, I swear. <laughs> but anyways, rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. I was made fun. I was always called Screech. I was pushed into lockers my freshman year of high school. I remember that very vividly. And I wanted to look like Joey Mack. McIntyre, the new kid on the block. So I was trying to grow out my hair curly like his, and I did like this reverse triangle. I think I've posted pictures of it. It's it's uh, it's fairly not even fairly embarrassing. It's embarrassing, um, but yeah, like I was I moved from Kansas to Arizona, and I was the new kid, and I was called Screech a lot, and. That's one of those things you're like, you hope doesn't follow you. So I was really excited when I started growing out of my quote unquote screech look. Um, another quick story about screech was I would come out on summers to do uh, acting work. And um, I worked with a casting director. There was a NBC TV movie back in the day called She Cried No. And it starred Mark Paul Gosselier as a rapist. And I believe Candace Cameron was in it. And it was a real departure for Mark Paul Gosselier because we knew him from Saved by the Bell. And I was in it and it was like a fraternity. And I'm, try I'm trying to remember all the stuff. But uh, I remember Screech's girlfriend was on the set. She was uh, played like a sorority girl or something. And it came up that Screech was her boyfriend. And uh, he, she showed us a picture of her and Screech at Disneyland. And Screech, Dustin Diamond, had a black eye. And um, I was like, what, what, why, what, what happened with the black eye? And she was like, oh, 
we were at Disneyland and there was like a bunch of guys making fun of us and somebody threw a bottle at them. And I always remember that going like, first off, Disneyland, holy shit. Second off, I mean, just imagine like you play a nerd and then you, you're treated like that nerd, you know? Like it's never, you know, even success has, it's like weird trappings and stuff. And I always, I remember taking that in and being like, whoa, because you think anybody that's on TV, you're like, whoa, they made it. Like every housewife, like, oh my God, they must be a gazillionaire. And I always thought that was just so, um, so crazy. And I remember her going up to Mark Paul Gosselier one day and was like, oh, Dustin says hi. And he was like, oh, tell him I said hi. And he wasn't like super enthusiastic. And I always thought that was weird too. And I was like, oh my God, is there bad blood between Dustin Diamond and Mark Paul Gosselier? I mean, this is like so long ago, but those are my screech stories. Uh, also quick, uh, very quick, um, I just found this out a couple hours ago and I kind of shook, like, I don't go on Facebook a lot and like a lot of Facebook groups really scare me and they're, you know, thank God there's not one for this yet. I mean, I think there is, but it's like a very small one, but a lot of arguments seem to take place in Facebook groups, but I'll go on just casually to, if I get tagged in something and I caught something from a guy I went to college with Ron May and, uh, I was an undergrad when this gentleman, uh, Hamilton Mitchell, was a grad student, and he had not even only was a grad student, he was a grad student that was like 20 years older and came back to get a grad, like to get a master's in theater. And he actually was in this movie Caddyshack as one of the caddies, the original caddies, which is like a historic movie with Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, just amazing. And he was the nicest dude. And I spent four years at ASU uh, with this dude because he stayed around and then did like local theater that I, I was in plays with him and he moved out to LA and we would see each other here and there, but it's been, I mean, God years. And I found out he passed away today. Um, and he died of cancer and his wife, uh, his wife said, uh, you know, she was next with him the whole time and he very peacefully, uh, but this was a very good man. And that was really shocking to me. Uh, so I don't think, I mean, Gosh, I would, I don't even want to say, I don't even ask if podcasts are in heaven. Uh, but if there is, and Hamilton, I'm sure he has so many better things to do. But Hamilton, if for some reason somebody tells you um, this, just you were always amazing to me. Thank you so much. You were such a class act of a dude. And uh, yeah, that's it. So that, okay, that's it, you guys. I swear to God, no more. I'm telling you, this interview is going to cheer you up. It's going to cheer me up. This is just one of those people I hit it off with so well. I was like bummed when this conversation with it was over. Like I want to, I just, I want to talk to her again immediately. Um, her name, like I said, Daniel Peterson, go check her at it's go check her company out. It's at Hollaback Cards. I'll put that information in the description. And it's uh, www.hollabackcards.com. And she, you can get cards for Valentine's Day right now. Go check out her cards. You guys have probably already seen them, but they are amazing. Um, if you listen to this podcast and you like her, tell her, because I think this is like one of the first ones she's ever done. And she was just a natural. So um, without further ado, I swear to God, you guys are going to like this. Danielle Peterson, Hollaback Cards, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and so much more. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.
Welcome back, you guys. Um, I am so excited to have my next guest. Uh, as I tell you every week, I think Instagram is it, it can be used for good and not just purely evil like uh, Twitter is. But um, <laughs> you meet so many amazing people and you meet so many people that have such amazing talent, uh, not just podcasting, not just meme making, but like things that you actually want, things that you can tangibly have and buy. And my next guest, I think, really is a true artist. And I can't wait to kind of talk to her about how she started everything. But but also, uh, she's going to recap pa this past week's Salt Lake City, which was just insane. Now, this is, I think, maybe one of the first podcasts she's ever done. So I have to kind of take it easy on her. And and you guys, if I over yell on her, it just means I'm really excited to talk to somebody new. So take it easy on me as well. Uh, but I can't wait to talk to her. So without further ado, you know her as Holla Back Cards is the company. Danielle Peterson is the artist. Danielle, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm uh, I'm okay. We just before we got on, you guys, we talked about how we have been giving our dogs just massive amounts of treats all weekend, <laughs> and it's it's. I don't know. I guess that's not good, quote unquote, dog ownership, but it works for us, right? It's a lifestyle that I've just uh, <laughs> come to accept that I have no self control and neither does my dog. So wait, wait, where do you live? <laughs> I live in Miami. Wow. So, so wait. Yeah. And by the way, you guys were on Zoom and I can see like a package of envelopes in the background, which oh, I'm imagining yeah. are orders, um, <laughs> which, uh, okay. So did you grow up in Miami? Why Miami? Uh, I'm from Sarasota, which is like a little bit, it's like three hours North on the Gulf coast of Florida, but I moved to Miami for a job like two and a half years ago. Okay. And my apartment doubles is like, basically I like live in a warehouse is sort of how I feel. It's Hollaback <laughs> headquarters. It's like yeah. the Batcave, but for it's like- It's the HQ here and uh, <laughs> it gets a little out of control like most days <laughs> of the week. So yeah, there's definitely borders in the background. <laughs> now the thing, you know, I have a lot of friends that actually live in Miami. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Hi guys. Um, but what I've seen is that Miami is open fully, right? Like it seems like it's kind of normal there. So yeah, I mean, pretty much we, I think- Sometimes I forget because I really I don't go out that much, but I think we have a midnight curfew still. So usually like people just like flock to my apartment building around midnight with like lots of drinks. And then you're like, oh, great. I'm so glad you're doing that in my building and not at the bar. <laughs> but um, it's like it's pretty open. I mean, all the restaurants are open. People like I mean, I think there's a lot of mask wearing for people that live in Miami, but we get like a lot of tourists. And then I think that's where we kind of yeah. drop the mask wearing ball here. Well, I mean, I saw I saw the one and only food god this week oh, is, is is hanging out in Miami. <laughs> so just be careful. Run. I don't know if that's patient zero or what, but it is, you know, you'll go on Instagram and I really, I'm so addicted to Instagram and stories and I, I don't really even get to be on it as much as I'd like anymore. But in Miami, especially you'll get there and I'll, I'll feel like I'm watching a movie because I'll be like, Wow, when was this taken? This says today, but it yeah. <laughs> feels like years ago. There's like it seems like a party going on there. Um, uh, but you don't seem like a big partier. You seem like a businesswoman person. Well, I'm not like I mean, I used to love a good cocktail at a bar, but it's been a hot minute now since I made <laughs> those ventures out oh there. My God. Um. Don't you miss that the wait, but me too. Don't you miss that the most? Like I used to have this place, well, it's still there called the Village Idiot on Melrose. And I used to like after work, I would go in there at five o'clock by myself with my phone and get a martini with a couple olives. And it was like the coolest just to people watch and be on my phone and like I missed the hell out of that. Yeah, I miss like a laid back night where you're just like having a good conversation at a bar, like getting like drunker and drunker as night progresses. Yes. Like I just miss like <laughs> like a casual night out. I like that you say a good conversation. I'm like a good conversation on Instagram or you know like. <laughs> 
but like that's so funny is that I was still like like I literally would do this by myself and it wasn't like I was trying to meet people like I still would want to be insulated within that environment but it was like at at least a public place so I felt more around people. yeah yeah I mean you, you put in that the effort I feel like that's a good like you went out there to be like on your phone so yes. better than sitting yeah. at home on your phone I mean in fact like I I always laugh about this because I have a lot of uh, the majority of my friends are girls and like I would they always would tell me like they'd go to the gym and like guys would like talk to them and stuff. And I'm like, when I go to the gym, I keep my head down. Like it would horrify me to have to talk to anybody or for anybody to talk to me. Like, yeah, no man has ever talked to me at the gym. That's not like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like gyms. I don't want to talk to people at the gym. Like, like the closest. Don't look so, at me. I'm not pretending I'm not here right now. Oh yeah. Like I, I like, <laughs> believe me, if I could afford it, I would not be at a gym. I would be, the gym would be in my home uh, or at that bar where I just, uh, my, my phone the whole time. But like, I would go like my, my big conversations at the gym would be like me getting on a machine and like, you're just like not wanting anybody to talk to you. And somebody says something like, Hey, that machine's broken, but I don't really hear. So I'm just kind of like, uh, like nod and smile. Yeah, totally. And then yeah. I realized five minutes later, the machine's broken. <laughs> um, yes. uh, okay. <laughs> so about right. I was on your, I think, so Hollaback cards, I'll put all the information you guys in there on Instagram, where to follow her. You probably already follow her because she has like 19,000 followers, uh, well-deserved. But I was like looking like at your, I think it was your Etsy store and you had something like, something insane, like 98,000 sales or something just crazy. I, ha- I mean, I've been really lucky. I've had like a, I think the pandemic I, with everyone staying home sort of helped me this year because I think a lot of people were sending gifts to their friends that maybe they wouldn't have been sending otherwise so I've been really lucky with that um I think a lot of people are sending cards to their friends because they can't see them so I had a good year last year (laughs) well and how would you describe your car I mean like how would you describe your products because it really is like I was looking at your Meredith Marks uh car I think it was like disengaging or something and and like you have like this very specific design work where it's like you know that that's a you card you know that that's a you thing like what no I mean but like how did you even find your personal style like how did this become more than a hobby what was your path it really started because I like, um, I know Valentine's Day is coming up, so it's not like a plug for Valentine's Day, but I actually- No, I was going to really plug it. I was going to be, well, because I saw like, like, I was like, oh, these are the perfect Valentine's Day cards, even if you're sending from a friend to a friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love Valentine's Day. I think it's like a really fun holiday where like you can wait, just Wait, 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 wait. You like, said it was a fun, wait, you said yeah. it was a fun holiday? I, I know. Just... I think it's an unpopular opinion, <laughs> but I look at it not like in like a way that's like oh you have to be like in a romantic relationship to enjoy valentine's day it's more like oh like i love love like i love loving my friends i love rom-coms so like, you I really love- you really live laugh love you yeah, live laugh I mean, love on a daily that's basis horrifying to admit but yes okay so <laughs> i suppose that could be my mantra but i just really like celebrating valentine's day and i always thought it was fun to like give my friends like I would draw these like little greeting cards for them because I could just never find things that like exactly said what I wanted them to say. Like there wasn't like a market at the time for like jaw rule cards that were like oh like every thug needs a lady like they're just and you know you couldn't and now find you that. cornered the market on jaw rule cards <laughs> so, <laughs> i was like i want to draw these for my friends and then i would do them every year for them i would make these like they were mostly just like 
pop culture cards. They weren't necessarily Bravo at like for the first. That's what I love. Like I saw like you have clueless cards. You have like, I mean, you have a like, and that's what like, I'm a Bravo lover, but more than that, I'm a pop culture lover. Like these are all things that are just burned into my head. And you have so many of those memories. And I think, especially for females, like, you know, me, I was like, will you do like a Counting Crows card or like a... Well, no, I totally would. I mean, you By the way, I'd be the only... No, yeah, I think yeah. me too. I'd buy my own card. <laughs> Could you have one with Batman and Coffee Ben Affleck and uh, Adam Durritz yes, all together? Very, Thank you. Very possible. <laughs> yeah, I used Oh my to God, Coffee them. Ben Affleck would be a good one. That though. would be a good one of him just really struggling throughout his life. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you were sitting you were like I want to make these for my girlfriends yeah. and you started and you yeah, were always a talented started, artist I mean I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm like a talented artist there are so many people that are way better, better illustrators than I am but, but I, I just, can like, say it right can make it I mean if you want to okay you're a talented artist yeah talent. I just like to keep them pretty simple, but I would make them for my friends and they were always like, these are so fun like you should sell them and I was like no one would buy them we're like the only people that appreciate them but one time I had like a bunch of extras. So I put them on Etsy and like people bought them and I was like kind of shocked. And I think I like, I transitioned to starting to make Bravo ones in this, like, it's a very embarrassing story that I will just tell you. um, That's what this podcast is all about is embarrassing stories. It's like, you know, it's not the Bravo celebrity. I wish started it, but it's the Bravo celebrity that did. It was Jax Taylor. Cause I was watching, um, the reunion for Vanderpump and it was that it's like a very like like very strange scene that I just thought was the funniest thing I'd ever seen where he's like talking about how he was really offended that they didn't show um this like deep romantic conversation he had with Stassi when they were like trying to get back together he's like it was really like romantic I just did all the right things I don't know why you guys didn't share it and Andy's like oh we actually have the tape and they play it back and he's like sitting on her bed with her dog and he's like you're a million times more important than a bottle of vodka and I was like this is amazing. Like, this is what I want someone to say to me on Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, I'm truly really worried for you now. This might be an intervention by the end of this. I know. I truly want somebody to I'm say I'm never that doing to a me. podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, Jax, I think, lives his life of thinking he said the right thing at the like, right. Like, he's like, I always go around saying romantic things all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, in his head, he probably thought it was, like, the most romantic thing you could say or something, but I just thought it was so funny, and I was like, that's, like, the kind of stuff, like, it would make Valentine's Day so much more fun and, like, funnier to be like, these are just, like, silly things that I wanted to yeah. give you on this holiday it's like it's just more than just like about being in a relationship it's just like these are like funny yeah yeah wait did we did so you made that card yeah i did and did and what did jacks think i actually i was at um sir before the pandemic happened like in 2019 we went there and i had i brought it with me in case because i was trying to take photos of like my cards in sir obviously i was like this is like next level i gotta like document Put it next it to the cheese balls yeah, going to yeah. the bathroom where i Stassi took a photo of like my laurelay card in front of the bar because that's like my all-time favorite scene but he was there and so i was like i'm gonna give this to him and he's probably gonna be like i hate you and he was like really into it <laughs> he was like this okay because that could go so many ways he could be like i'm gonna sue you i'm gonna make my own cards i know like he could have tried it's to like, cheat on risk. you. Like he could have been like, Hey babe, uh, a kiss, a kiss will earn you more cards or something like that. I would have been like, I'm quitting. Thank you. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm just yeah, retired. That could be a good Valentine's day gift. Like I met Jackson. He didn't give me VD. I love you. Like uh, uh, on Valentine's day. Um, 
Okay. So that's amazing. And then it kind of just spun off from there. Yeah. Uh, wait, so how many years have you been uh, a business operational? I think I've been doing it like four or five years now. So it's like, it's been a long time. <laughs> and you seem like you really like seem really relatively young. Is it like weird to see so many other Bravo merch things like hit the market? Is it like, is there like, is there like Tupac biggie wars between merch accounts? Like I always wonder like when new merch accounts pop up, is it, is it even a thing? Is it, you know? I mean, I think there's sometimes like I see people that like took like my designs like verbatim and like that's always like a little disappointing because it's like, oh man, like I want to Have you learned to everyone. stick up for yourself in that? I have like, you know, you can do the best you can, but you can't get people to like 100% stop it. You can't stop like every single account out there, you know? Yeah. So, but I just kind of have decided that like, if that's what they want to do, you know, then so be it, but I'm just going to keep doing my own thing and like stay in my lane and just keep trying to be like as creative yeah. and original as I can. And hopefully it'll speak for itself. That's, so. that, that's how I feel. I mean, yeah. and I only make memes and do a podcast, but that's how I feel like is that it's like be undeniable, like be true to yourself. And eventually that's going to like, either people are going to come to that or they aren't, but you pretend right. to be anything else, but yourself is going to end up failing in the end. And you see that. So like so many times you're like, oh, well, I've seen that sense of humor. Like I've seen that, like, I'll do like, you know, people know, like if it's like a weird corny joke, they know that's a Ryan Bailey original. Like but nobody else can be as corny though. as I am. You know, <laughs> but it's your own brand. And I <laughs> exactly. think that's so exactly. important to stay true to yourself and no matter what you do. Cause I think people see it and they are like more attracted to authenticity than not. So. Well, and that's what I loved about your Instagram account is because I do, I love the accounts where you feel like you get to know the person a little bit, even though I know that's not necessarily the case or what that is, but you do feel like, oh, I root for you. Like you even did this, you did this really cool thing over the holidays that you actually kind of did a battle of, what is it, the holiday songs? Oh yeah, yeah. I tried to do brackets because I just feel like we're all so bored. So you did like, brackets, and what? Yeah. What were the final four in holiday song brackets? Oh man, I don't even remember. I know it was. Um, I know it was NSYNC that won. NSYNC yeah. like Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays won, and I can't remember who it was up against. I remember being it was kind of shocking. I think. Yeah. Wasn't Wham like, in the for, top four? Wasn't oh, last it Christmas? Was Wham. Wham was in the top four. Wham, like the Wham fans, like came out of the woodwork. I don't know if there was like a Reddit thread or something happening, but like <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Like the DMs I got about like how great Wham was. I was Wham like, is part no of my. Kick, kick the kids out of the car, moms. Wham's fucking awesome. Like George Michael and Andrew Ridgely, you guys need to get in Wham. I rest in peace, George Michael. He, uh, and by the way, because it's like that 80s thing. And I remember being a really tiny kid and remembering seeing like George Michael's like bouffant, like hair in the video. And I remember going like, dude, this guy must get a lot of ladies. And it's like, no, he actually, he actually No, didn't. he no, doesn't. He, uh, he could have, but well, he didn't. He did. I mean, yeah. in my DMs, I mean, they were coming in hot. Uh, yeah, it was like that, that I pitched you. I wanted a long December from County Crows in there. Yes, that yes, didn't, I love uh, that. And then you spiraled me into like three days where I only listened to that song. And I was like, man, Ryan, like really sent me on a journey. Well, just imagine living in Los Angeles because he talked about driving in the hills at winter. Yeah. And that's every Christmas I would blare that and just drive around the hills and think I was being all po poetic and dramatic. And now as I get older, I realize well, were, that's, just, that's just being a nerd. That's just being a <laughs> No, no, no. Let's not, let's not take the romantic. <laughs> Uh, rose-colored glasses here you were being very poetic oh my god one of my worst oh my god this is like god 15 years ago i remember oh god i remember trying there's so many 
situations that involve Counting Crows in my life because I really did, and I do still to a degree, thought they were like the like the lyrics were just so like oh, I just same. felt them so deeply. And I remember <laughs> what song was I trying to play for this one girl? And I was like, I, I hope it was, it was like, Mr. Jones. <laughs> well, the slow down version is very deep, you guys. But Anna begins. I think I played it, and I was like, you hear that? Like that's so deep, and uh, you could just tell she was like kind of like that let me out vibe and uh she was let out so okay. <laughs> so you didn't hold her hostage while listening to the so. all I'm saying is just give them a chance that's all I know but um, I mean I ride pretty hard for them too even though but you know a lot of people I mean I girls message me and be like I had relationships last a lot longer than they should have because men were into the counting crows that I were dating. Wait, for real? Yeah. Like Where are these ladies? Are you it. kidding me? What? I'm not kidding. I, um, Someone was like, I went on a date with a guy because he had tickets to counting crows that I wouldn't have gone on. Had it, I've like, literally gone to counting crow show by myself <laughs> multiple times because I was afraid to ask anybody to go. Um, did you know that? Did you know he, uh, he took his dreads off? He's like, he's, yeah, a lot of people were messaging me too that they were like fake, that they is like a wig. Well, what <laughs> happened? Like, this okay. is sad that I know this. In, in the first album on August and everything after, he just thought it looked, he thought it would look cooler. So he started growing them out. He couldn't grow them out fully. So he got extensions <laughs> and then he kept those for the, and it's, he started balding in the front though. And so it was like started to become like this, like kind of, um, like hair system, you know? And the thing is, he's so identified with those dreads and he'd been made fun of so much that I'm scared to see them in concert again. Cause I'm like, I've seen them so many times that I just don't know. It's you so funny. I'm like, the dreads, it won't be the same. Well, experience. I'm just like, how are those songs going to move without the dreads? Like he, he would like flop them around and I'd be like, now he, and then you look at him now and I'm like, dude, the guy looks just like me. I don't want to see me on stage. Like, I don't want to see that. How horrible would it be if you're at the show and with him with like, without the dreads, you're like, wow, these songs suck. (laughs) (laughs) Just turns out I love dreads. I'm like, ah. Dreads had nothing to do with the lyrics or the music. Back to being a Lenny Kravitz fan, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's so. It's tough out there for the dreads fans. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, how longer can we, how much longer can we keep this pandemic going so we can get them to get these dreads back, you know? Um, that's a bad joke, you guys. And, uh, okay. So holla back cards and we can find all this information on your Instagram account. Uh, will you shall still ship? Will it get there in time for Valentine's day? If this is yes. out, uh, this week? Yes, it would. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I really think that is like, first off, an amazing thing to give your friend, you know, anything. I think it's kind of good for anybody. Um, and are you constantly doing new designs, new everything or? I try to, I try to do like four or five new ones a month. It's just, it's hard to like balance like a full-time job with this. And then so this like, isn't your full-time job. No, <laughs> no. See, that blows me yeah. away. So you're yeah. like, thank you so much for doing this today. I know that's gotta be insane then. Um, uh, wow. You guys buy all of them so she can quit her job. <laughs> Is it, wait, do you have any long-term goals like that? Do you I mean, it's hard to say because I just sometimes wonder like how sustainable it is like over like years, you know, like, is it something I could do for a year or two? Maybe, but I don't know if it's something I could do for like the rest of my life, but But who knows what it it might lead to as well, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would love to do that. I would love to do like a creative job full time, but that's just not. Wouldn't it be great if you're on like, no pun intended. God. How many times have you used that lie? You're I've like, actually the... never used that before, oh, and I hope wow. you never use it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I can see you on Shark Tank like a year from now. Like investors, this is the plan. All about cards. <laughs> Um, also you guys, she has like, you know, I would figure this cause her cards are insanely uh, stylish. She has amazing style herself. I remember 
looking at some picture, I think you put it on your stories or you had on your, where it was like, you were dressed exactly like Julia Roberts outfit from the beginning of pretty woman. And you had it like to the T and how did you even, what, I mean, how, what was the story there? So like Halloween is my favorite holiday. I take it really seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's you like love Halloween holidays. And Val- I do really love holidays. Um, Halloween and Valentine's Day are probably like my top two, which I feel like are was kind of strange in and of itself. But yeah, I take Halloween very seriously. And one year I got it in my head that I was like, oh, I want to wear this like pretty woman outfit. And it took me two years to find all the pieces. Like I came up with it like before Halloween and then I couldn't find everything exactly right. So I literally spent two years just like casually Google searching. Like pieces I love that stuff. other like, you know, big. You know, Bill Gates took two years to put together a computer. You're like, I'm going to do that with Julia Roberts outfit. But like, look at what I accomplished. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I have the, uh, I got the vinyl. Somebody, my friend got me this for vinyl yeah. and it's actually. Actually, pink. that's a great album. <laughs> to be Wait, honest. King, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West uh, is one yeah. of my jams. Like that is also a workout mine. jam. <laughs> But uh, you even had like the tie-dye blue thing with yes, the clasp. Yes. And, I was um, especially proud of the jacket. The jacket took me a really long time to find. So. That's, do you have any Do you have any long-term goals and costumes now? Is there anything on the horizon? Oh, man. I mean, part of me is like playing with the idea of being the girl from the Watchmen movie, the like uh, the black and yellow like latex costume. So that's like up there. But wouldn't you for- have to like explain it to me? Like, I feel like people don't, get what Watchmen is still like it's not as prevalent as I wish it was you know I agree and but typically my costumes are like really really specific and nobody knows what they are but I know what they are so I'm like the only one that gets validated (laughs) I'm like oh I nailed it and like everyone's like who are you (laughs) you just keep standing in front of mirrors and you're like oh you again nice outfit yeah wow you've outdone yourself and like 20 people are like what was your costume (laughs) but you gotta hype yourself up you know (laughs) no one else for you. Oh my God. Now you just made me think like, I want to try to like, look like one of the lost boys from that movie with Kiefer Sutherland. They were like That'd vampires. Costume. Yeah. I have to lose a little weight, but I think I could do it. Um, uh, okay. So Bravo, you've always been a reality show fan, right? Yeah. I started watching Bravo, uh, like season one, OC season one, top chef, like during like their first seasons I started watching Bravo. Is, so. Isn't it weird that Top Chef is on Bravo? Like, it's like, it's like, it, 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 I love Top Chef so much, but sometimes it weirds me out because I'm like, this is so, it, it's so different, you know? Than- it is really different, but I think it's such a like underrated show. I think it's so fun to watch. So it's like probably one of my favorites. It is. It's just that it's like weird when, you're, it's on the same network as like Aviva throwing her leg or, you know, know like, like, there's no real drama in it, but you're like, this is still fun. But like, no one's like yelling at each other and like hammered. They did Top Chef. Most ju- of the time. <laughs> did they do Top Chef Juniors? I think they might've done. They should do they Top Chef that. Housewives. That would like, be amazing. I would You have that. Shannon Bedore doing her salmon cream cheese thing. And you have like. Um, <laughs> Bethany. Maybe oh my God. It back to her, her old skinny girl. <laughs> <laughs> remember, yeah, God, remember when she would be in there and so she, well, still to this day, she says she can cook anything, you know? Yeah. So she says, <laughs> I was watching some of Bethany uh, ever after. And she was like, 
I think tasting stuff for her wedding. And she keeps like Bethany never misses a moment to tell you how accomplished she is. Like she knows <laughs> everything, you know? Yeah. I think that's what's like kind of cool about her is that like only a few people will go around telling you they're an expert in everything. But then she kind of proves it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I love Bethany. I think she's great, but no one can uh hype uh, their own brand better than Bethany Frankel. <laughs> now you you've you've gone on record to say you're one of the world's biggest Kelly Dodd fans. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Well, no, I, the only reason I bring this up is just because it's Sunday right now. And we just got word that, um, uh, her beverage, uh, her, bev- oh, her water, the positive, beverage. positive beverage, they fired her today because of her That's comments crazy. over the weekend, which I'm like, wasn't that her company? Did she fire I herself? It was her company. I like, I think I saw that and had like a question. <laughs> I was like, I mean, does Kelly second. wake up and go, what the fuck did I say last night? I have to fire myself. Like, this is crazy. I guess maybe she was just like the face of it. I don't, I don't know how that Kelly works. Dodd, the Obviously, face of water. Yeah. The face of a positive beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Next yeah, level, mean, really. <laughs> wouldn't you want, yeah, like controversial water or something like that? Like that would be like, Kelly should be the face of controversial water. That is true. She is the queen of controversies, though. But the water game is so stacked. Like, I would never, like, you got Jen Anison pushing water, 50 Cent pushing water. Like, everybody is pushing some brand of water or hard seltzer. Oops, sorry, you froze. What did you say? Oh, I said everybody's pushing some sort of water or hard seltzer now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like the lover boy drinks. I actually think they taste pretty good. <laughs> I, I think so. it's good, but it's I don't like that they're in a way smaller can than like a Truly or oh, a White yeah, Claw. they are really tiny. I mean, it's no like black water, diamond water kind of situation, but, you know, not everyone can be those kinds <laughs> I, of brands. <laughs> I retasted black water last week. Did and you it, drink it? Yeah, like I, I, I hate to say it. I think I, I have some kind of full body cancer now. Uh, it, it really, it, it. But it's like you know immediately that it's like you shouldn't be drinking this, and your mind, your mind can't get past that it's black water. And so it's like you're not thinking what an amazing miracle. You're thinking this is not right. You know, this I, isn't right. This I is don't against know God. Who thought up that idea because it's just so unappetizing looking. Like <laughs> drinking like a black beverage that's not like a coke just doesn't that's sound a, right you're like oh and you're telling me it tastes as plain as water and there's a little bit of sedimentary at the end of your like and it's like a perfect guy idea it's because it's dumb as hell too. like it just doesn't work you know yeah stop yeah. with the food or it's even on dallas this week um uh cameron was saying that there was pills that you can take to make your poop glittery and i'm like who that sounds like, like a very cameron thing yeah like <laughs> cameron would be the only person staring at her poop you know like Being like you know what make this better yeah. <laughs> this is already great but you know what would really kick it up a notch yeah. if it was glittery you know um okay so real housewives of salt lake city we got that first season this year what were your thoughts um i guess going in what have your thoughts been so far did you like it do you think it's good i was like a little skeptical when they announced that they were gonna do real housewives of salt lake city i was like salt lake city i feel like they're like i'm just like still trying to rally for Miami to come back. So I was like, what the heck are they doing with Salt Lake City? <laughs> like, I want I'm almost Miami positive Miami is, back. I'm almost I do, positive I Miami coming is coming back. back. And honestly, it's like the thing I needed to get me through 2021. <laughs> I, I might've been, I might've been told, and I said this on the Patreon this week, but I might've been told, I might've been told a year and a half ago that this was coming back to like Oh Peacock. my God. 
but then coronavirus hit. So I don't know, but I will say, do you notice how in the last couple of weeks, especially we've heard real housewives of Miami reboot more than we ever have. Yes. Um, uh, Wendy Williams said it this week on watch what happens live. Wendy Williams said it uh, a month ago on her show. Uh, Andy has mentioned it multiple times in a show that he wants to come back. I think they are planting. I think the they're seeds. hyping it for us. Yeah. I think that's like circulating around there and I'm like very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my Miami house, I mean, not the same cast. I would be combined with a pretty much a whole reboot, but I just think Miami needs housewives back. I <laughs> like that, that you I'm treat biased, it. I, I like that you treat it like a sports team. Like Miami needs a sports team. A sports we need team. a housewife. <laughs> well, that's what I tell my friends. I'm like, this is a sports team like anything else. Like at the end of the season, players are traded, players right. are let go. I mean, you, they're demoted. Exactly. Like <laughs> that kind of thing is just as exciting as the show itself. And sometimes it's actually more exciting. Like on Vanderpump Rules this season, I think the aftermath was way more controversial and exciting than the actual show show this season that's fair yeah i agree for sure You're like that's yeah. fair i'll allow that yes i'll allow that uh so you didn't think it was something you I would was, rather see I miami was skeptical just because i was like salt lake city like i don't know what's really in salt lake city that's gonna be like that great to watch but i was like from the first episode i was like this is great like i thought they hit it out of the park i felt like they are hitting like all the like housewives moments that you need to make it a great franchise and i like i love it i don't know how mary still has an opening credit in it because she hasn't i've never seen a housewife do less for an opening credit but well, i've never um, i've never seen people just <laughs> just like like well let's call mary and then get a yeah. mary it's like i at this point just want to see a spin-off show called mary and charlinda and just see their adventures of her friend non-friend uh housekeeper that she's known for most of her life like it's Charlene is always in the background and I kind of have accepted that's happening now, but I'm like, I don't, I'm, I guess I'm fine with it because Mary still brings something to the table weirdly, even in a phone Somehow call. Somehow she's stirring the drama, like just sitting in her house, <laughs> which is well, crazy. I mean, we have a scene in this week, you guys, where they all this crate, this is one of the best episodes of the season and just a really solid housewives episode that I think will stand on it. The, this sounds really, I'm ashamed to say this will stand the, the test of time. <laughs> it's, anyways, I'm not much in my life going on, but um, <laughs> she says, uh, they, uh, Lisa, no. Yeah. Lisa Barlow calls Mary and goes, Oh girl, thank you so much. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're not here. And literally Mary's like with her phone, trying to find the perfect FaceTime light. And she's like, Oh, it's magic. It's magic. Yeah, like, that was the oh. best part when she was like shocked that like her like, phone was ringing. She's like, Oh, look at that. I was, she was like at, at the right time at the right time. You know, it was, so weird. So I'm like, even she brings like a little spice, but the fact that we're still acting like she's an actual housewife when she will not, when she's not allowed to participate in group scenes is, is even a step down, even then uh, Monique this past season from Potomac right. Monique chose to not really go on those group trips, you know? Right. I mean, Monique made that decision. I don't know what's going on with Mary. Like Mary just hasn't left her home seemingly in like three months. And it's like, okay. Well, to be fair, she might be lost. She might be under clothes. Like it's, you know, she might be I mean, that closet's a little chaotic and I would get anxiety as well if I was trapped in there all the time. So. I mean, it's just, I mean, and and we, her, her, uh, her uh, son who has the girlfriend, like she, he gets in trouble for buying his girlfriend, like stuff on Mary's car. But it's like, at this point, wouldn't you just go into one of your mom's rooms and take something with the tag on it? Like, it, it's like, everything seems like name brand. 
And then you save yourself the uh, the lecture, and she probably wouldn't notice. So well, that's a good. I mean, you seem very stylish. Like I know Mary keeps telling me she's stylish and keeps telling us she's stylish, but it always seems like she puts a lot of like designer clothes all on herself. It's like it's like when I used to like go into my dad's closet and put four of his suits on, and then be like, "Hey, look at me!" You know, <laughs> like it's a little like that, right? I'm still a little traumatized by like that first episode look with like the white tights, the green, like loofah dress, the black gloves. I was like, whoa, may I, pi- may, I pitch that with, may I pitch that as a 2023 Halloween suggestion for you? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I'm going to need the time to prepare. Yes. So 2023, I, I think, is the end of time. I, I, took, I took 70 uh, uh, scrub, shower sponges and put them together. And yeah. sewed them all together yeah. and put some um, black gloves on. So. <laughs> this is, so you guys, this is episode 12, Sinners in the City. This is the uh, next week, this week coming up, you guys, uh, will be the final episode before we get a three-part reunion, which is crazy because it's only been 13 episodes. They get three parts. I think OC had the same amount of episodes and thank God we only got two parts out of that. So there is just so much to, there's so much happening and they had kind of like a little bit of a, a dip, um, I guess like a breathing, let us all catch our breaths from the first amazing four episodes where we kind of cut our breath. And now I think it's finishing really strong. Like uh, last week's Vegas episode I thought was great. And then this week kind of just blew me away. And uh, it, it so I guess who is your favorite character? Not Mary. I mean, I guess we got Whitney to choose from Lisa. I mean, let me get, you kind of strike me as like, I want to hear what you say. Okay. I'm afraid to know what you're going to say. No, 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 no. I want to, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I really like, I think my favorites are Heather and I really like Meredith and Lisa. And I, I like Whitney. Those are probably like my four favorites. Heather's probably my favorite. And then Lisa Barlow is my second favorite. I think she's like a really underrated comedian. I don't know. I find her really funny. Like, I feel like everything she says is funny, but maybe not supposed to be. See, I was, I was wrong. I thought you were going to pick Stuart, uh, Jen Shaw's second assistant. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's he's also great. No, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say Meredith a little bit. I thought you were going to say Meredith. Um, I liked Meredith was my favorite, I think in the first couple episodes, but then like listening to Lisa Barlow talk, I'm like, Lisa Barlow loves Diet Coke. I love Diet Coke. It's amazing. Yeah. Like Lisa is just Can I touch it? Can I touch it? Yeah. Can I touch? Can I Um, touch? (laughs) You know what's so funny? That's what I love about these first season shows is that you're still at this place where it can go up and down your thoughts. Like I went to a, uh, through a phase where I was like, I don't like, and it was just three weeks ago where I was like, I don't like Lisa Barlow. She's a mean girl and she's a bully. And then this week I was like, I think I like Lisa Barlow again. And it's fine. Like you can change your opinions for a season. No problem. I just loved when like Whitney called her, she refused to answer the phone. And then like four seconds later, she called Meredith. I thought that was like a boss move. I love that she drove. But 70 see, miles it's a boss move, but I felt back. so bad because Whitney, because <laughs> I felt so bad for Whitney because I was like, it's always the middleman trying to bring people together. Whitney's that had a rough run, I think for the last few episodes, she's had a rough, for sure. A rough run, but at the heart, I think she's like, I think she's way smarter than anybody gives her credit for. I think she's an underground comedian. She says some really funny things. Agree, agree. And I think Heather to me is the heart of the show in the sense that I feel like we all empathize and relate with a lot of the struggles she's gone through, even though I had a guest on last week that kind of made me rethink of like, well, they've kind of made it a novelty of her dating black guys and like fetishize it. And I thought oh, I kind of okay. took that. To, I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense. But even like there's something each week that Heather says, like this week, it was something of like, 
hey, that's what you do with friends. You write it out through the ups and downs and things like that. And I thought that yes, was an amazing, yes. she always has that one moment where I'm like, damn, she's like, I want like a Heather Gay book of wisdom or something. I loved that moment actually when she was like, this is how like relationships work. Like you stick with somebody, whether they're like happy or they're depressed or they're yes. struggling. And I was like, that's like actually really smart. And I was like, see, this is where you get really good life advice sometimes from these shows. <laughs> see mom, I told you I should keep watching this. I um, thought I wouldn't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, you know, we get the opening of this. Jen Shaw is getting made up by her Shaw squad. And she's in like a J-Lo outfit with like these like leaves and like really bright green. And she's like, we're going to the motherfucking strip club. And I'm just also just kind of like, wow, first season and you're throwing so much money. You have like five Shaw squad members there. She's rolling deep. Like I was like, why do you need such a big crew? And like no one else has seemingly has like a glam squad. Oh my God. Them. Nobody's see, this is why I wish people were more nerdy in the Bravo universe. There should be a, that movie suicide squad. It should be that logo, <laughs> but Shaw squad. And then just, cause it's by the way, it's like, it's like a, it looks like a collection of just random people you picked up like in different cities along the way. There's no, it's not like it's like um, Erica Jane's Mikey and like her collection of like Mikey lights. It's like, it's just random, like Stuart's random, the girl's random. There's like, it's all different the walks bodyguard. of life. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, do we know that was her bodyguard or was that the hotel bodyguard to be like, you're I making too much noise? I think it said like on the thing, it said Jen's bodyguard. Cause when she stormed out and then she like comes back in, she like makes that huge scene. And she's like, I forgot my purse, which I thought was great. <laughs> like she's like, <laughs> made such like a big grand exit. And she's like, I'm out. And then she was like, oh, I forgot my bag. But then like her bodyguard grabbed it and carried her purse out. <laughs> for her and I, I, was, I wish he'd it would have been so much even more dramatic if he actually carried her like in the bodyguard like and just like got her out of there and like um well, he so, carried her bag so <laughs> close baby, enough baby steps baby steps um you know so they're all getting ready for the dinner heather opens the door whitney comes in and i love you know what i love about first season housewives is that these housewives like all like heather and whitney seem so excited to be in vegas they're all like yay vegas and whitney says oh my god the racetrack was seriously one of the coolest things i've ever done i'm on cloud nine i schooled lisa barlow i lapped her twice we call her school zone barlow she says which is amazing um then we cut to meredith and lisa they're uh at dinner waiting for everybody they go in and they have one of the hugest drink glasses I've ever seen with the parrots yeah. with the parrots and all of this. And they call it a porn star martini, which is just like, do porn stars really deserve that? Like, do they not like, I don't think it's like, I'm like, don't blame it's that on a porn star. To porn stars really. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I was like, I've seen drinks like that at like the Flamingo in Vegas or like Circus Circus, which by the way, I'm, I'm, I saw that drink and I was like, I want that drink. But I mean, I was at like, this point, I was like, any drink like that would probably be great. It's like I, a year yeah. into a pandemic, but. Well, you know what's so funny? When you get older, you watch these shows and like my first thought is like, oh, I want that drink. And then you actually have these conversations with yourself where you're like, uh, could my body process that sugar? Like, it'd be just weird. I don't know. It'd be a really hard hangover. You just kind of go down these mental paths that are bad for you. Um, so Meredith and Lisa are there. And I, I like that now. I think this is why I'm starting to like Lisa is that it's now starting Meredith and Lisa to me were like one person and now their personalities are really separating for me. And I like that. Like I liked at least you can really tell that they are different people, not just two pretty brown haired women that have success, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
So uh, they're all saying this is great. Meredith uh, says she might have to get a sports car uh, back in Salt Lake, you know, and just she might die rolling off those mountains. And I was like, check with Brooks first, girl. You know, you can't do anything without Brooks. Uh, (laughs) Do you like Brooks? I feel torn. I feel like he had a really solid first couple episodes. And then I kind of felt like he got, I don't know if he's getting a weird edit or like what's going on, but it's like, I don't think his personality is coming through as, as well as it did like the first couple episodes for me. I do wonder if we're going to see like, is Brooks like, is Brooks in it for like multiple seasons as a housewife? Are we going to see Brooks go through changes? Are we going to see like a, a law? Like, are we going to see a Brooks facial hair year? Are we going to like, see are like, we going to see like the like spring summer campaign? What if a season Brooks gets hippie and he grows his hair out and he's like, mom, I'm changed, you know, like I just would, I, are we going to see that journey as well? I wonder, you know? I don't know. I, mean, I know he like, didn't they say he stayed home for like a semester and that's like how this like time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's called, and I was like, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> it's called he knows his mom's going to be on TV yeah. semester. I mean, if exactly. my mom was going to be on Housewives, I'd be like, mom, moving in. Sorry, you have no yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, the only thing you don't do that is if your mom's like, I'm going to be home filming Dateline NBC. Like, I'm out, I'm out. And then yeah. you're like, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, so Whitney and Heather, they're back in the hotel. And unfortunately, Whitney's on cloud nine, but Heather has to let her know that, hey, girl, Jen Shaw is still insane about you and she's blaming you still for ruining the party. And when he's like, wait, what? Like, I, I apologize. She said, we're fine. And there's a flashback to the dirty tub apology with, you know, the dirty tubs in the desert. And, um, She's like, and when he's like, well, in a two face and a talking head, she's like, well, she's just two faced. And then we're back to, it's like a cut scene. You guys are going back and forth. Lisa and Meredith, Jen walks in in her JLo green outfit and uh, they're like, sit down, dine with us. Um, Lisa says, well, when we finished racing, Jen, Whitney apologized. She acknowledged her weaknesses. You know, it was really great. And immediately Lisa can clock, we can all clock that Jen is not happy, right? I thought it was so crazy too, because it was such a rational like conversation. It was like, she has said she was sorry. So I accepted her apology and now we're good. And then like, you could just see like the wheels, oh. like, like burning rubber in Jen's head. And you're like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Like yeah. I thought this was whoa, 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 rational. What did I say? What did I say? Well, and that's, and so Lisa clocks out and goes, are you, are you upset still? And Jen says, I feel when she apologized, she was sincere, but there's still a lot. I want Whitney to be accountable. That's all I want. Lisa says, well, with you, sure, but I'm fine with her right now. And Jen says, how are you okay with her when she threw you both under the under the bus? And then it's just like, whoa, she really wants to keep this going. Um, Jen in a talking head now goes, Whitney says, you two were talking shit on me. No way you're coming to me. Uh, no way then you're coming to me with you made up with Whitney Kumbaya. If you can forgive Whitney so easily for lying, does that mean you two were lying the whole time? So now it's become this like weird, we're going down this weird rabbit hole instead of Jen just like dropping it and going, good, we're all okay now. Sharif and me are okay. It It's so weird. I, I like, I re- I watched the episode the first time and then I watched it the second time. And I was like, I still don't understand like where the disconnect is here. Like, I don't understand why she's still like blaming Whitney for like, I mean, Whitney said she was sorry. I think it was poor timing to bring it up at like that party, but like, I don't know what else you can do. 
Like, well, isn't, it, isn't it funny in real life as you get older, you start to realize you do have, I think all of us have that one friend where you're like, oh my God, there's certain aspects that like their brain doesn't connect with other parts of their brain that would like, they see things in such a different way because I'm like, does Jen know she's full of shit or does Jen, a- and I think Jen actually believes that she's on in the right. I think, I think she does actually think she's like completely on the right side of this. And I like, I can't figure it out. <laughs> like, I don't understand where, like, we're not like getting the pieces together on this story. Yeah. My mom always said, you can't talk to crazy. So actually you guys, I want to, my mom never said that. I just, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to play around with that kind of like, well, my mom always said and do a, a cool saying. Anyway, we'll workshop it. Um, so Meredith says, uh, uh, okay. Jen says, no problem. I'll ask Whitney when she gets here. Um, you are my friends. I fucking stuck up for both of you. Meredith says, well, we need to give people a chance to apologize and change their behavior, which, yeah, that's the same normal thought, right? Like that's right. what we want. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what to make sure that's what we want. We're and, on the same page. <laughs> and Jen goes, be on Mary's side, be on Whitney's fucking side. I'm going to be on what's right side and not what's wrong side. And <laughs> Meredith says, and this is this is like when Meredith's like when everybody's like, what's Meredith's final song going to be? Oh, my God. Is she going to play it? Is she going to play it? And then they're uh, like, yep, yep. you she can engage. <laughs> she goes, that's fine. You guys can engage. I, I think I'm disengaging. No one tells me who to be friends with. And she gets up and leaves. And what is your thoughts on Meredith uh, disengaging uh, so many times? I mean, I really enjoyed it the first time. Now I'm kind of like, okay, this is like Meredith's party trick. She's like going to disengage from the conversation when I really just want her to sit there and just like, let it go. Like, just like have it out. You know, like I was like, you're not accomplishing anything by leaving, but like, I also hate conflict. So I was like, I get it. Like, I get it. Yeah. I I get like, I get it. If like, this was a real life situation, I think you're doing the right thing, but you're also being filmed for a reality show. So you can't just like keep getting up and walking away. Like if this was happening, like at my dinner table on like a Friday night, I'd be like, no, Meredith did the right thing. But I'm like, yeah, but like you're on a show and we need you to sit here and work it out. Yes, I think that's the reality of that situation. (laughs) If you're on a reality show, you can maybe put in your contract that you can disengage two times. After that, there's no more disengagement, yeah. you know? Like like she's maxed out her disengagement. <laughs> but then I guess the other thought is if you're a business owner as yourself, are you like, yes, my card for disengaging will fly up the shelf if you keep saying disengage? Well, I mean, for her own, for, for all of our benefits, I'm like, we've had enough disengaging. So. <laughs> well, it's like, it's just like not fair. It's like cheating in a game. Like, yeah. You, you're paid to get in the ring, stay in the ring, you know? Right. And I think what happens is like us Bravo fans gas people up so much where we're like, oh my God, girl, iconic. You disengaged, iconic. Oh, and then and then I feel like, thank God she wasn't filming when this, like she I think disengaged they would, the whole season. Disengaging like every step of the way. It'd yeah. be like Denise Richards, like maximum, you know? Yeah. Um. So she leaves, Lisa stays there. Um, and also, which is, she's, I like that she says, no one tells me who to be friends with, which is such bullshit. Guess who does? Brooks tells his mom <laughs> who to be friends with. Brooks does, like, the only no one who's not related to her tells her. Because Brooks literally told her, you can't go spend the night over at Jen's house, which in retrospect is a good call. But, you know, she does everything that Brooks says, tells her to do, you know? Yes. Um, so, 
you know, Meredith gets triggered, we find out, by intense conflict because of her parents' divorce, which is like totally, I get that. That's actually a great piece of information. Yeah. Um, but Jen is still screaming, you just stand up and walk away. You think Whitney Rose is a better friend than me? Iconic that she says the full name, Whitney yes. Rose. <laughs> I love that. You think Whitney Rose is a better friend than me? Lisa says, grand exits no more. Jen says, well, no more. What about her? Meredith's just got to do a grand exit. And uh, and Heather and Whitney, (laughs) right at this moment, (laughs) Heather and Whitney, you guys walk into the restaurant right at this moment, perfect time, which almost leads me to believe production was like, get in there, get in there right now. We need you in there right now. They were like holding them back outside. They were like, we got to wait for the maximum (laughs) moment of conflict. I need like I need to go. Have a porn star martini, and we'll let you in in a second. (laughs) I was watching the show. Like I should go back because, like, I almost wonder if like you can see them pushed in. Like they're like stumbling in, you know. And then they like lock the doors. They're like, all right, you're in. Well, because it like reminds me of like when I used to do theater, and I had like the bat, like the um the stage manager. They'd always be like, okay, you're you know you're on stage, go go go. You know they push you in kind of. And I was wondering if like housewife producers do the same thing of like, okay, wait. Wait, wait, she's about to explode. She's exploding. Go, go, go. Echo, bravo, echo, you know. So bad for them, so good for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Heather and Whitney comes in and uh, Jen says, w- w- you know, <laughs> Jen um, first goes, Whitney, shut the fuck up. Heather says, don't come at her like this. It is not necessary. It is necessary. Uh, and she goes, you calm down, Heather. Heather says, I am calm. I'm not screaming. And Jen says, I'm calm. And Heather and Whitney says, then Jen like runs out with the bodyguard, I guess. And Heather and Whitney are like, they stay and they're like, we're both shaking. We're both shaking. And Lisa follows Jen out. And Jen's like, you take her side. And Lisa's like, look, I'm here. I followed you out. Like, look where I'm at. Like, and this is when we see really Jen Shaw's security standing right behind her. And this is another moment where you see like hotel patrons and they don't even know that they're witnessing greatness right now. They have no idea what Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is even, it's not even on at this time, you know? Yep. Those so lucky it's like, people. Yeah. I would have paid good money to see that live. Oh, mom, remember that time we saw the weird lady freak out in the hotel? It's from Bravo show, you know? Um, but, they don't uh, know they got a good deal for free. That's what, that's what I say. I always talk on the show. It's like, if I had a time machine, I would go back to famous Bravo moments. And I was like, I'd go back to this moment and be the only guy that knows what I was watching, you know? Yep. Um, Lisa, uh, Lisa comes back in after Jen Shaw leaves and Lisa goes, wow, that was a lot. Like her, I can't do her accent, but she's just like, wow, you guys. And, um, and this, they get into like the kind of mutual stories of like, Hey, yeah, she's just really upset at you, Whitney. And like Heather's like, yeah, you know, um, she really is. I already told her. Lisa says, well, I guess whatever you did, Whitney, caused some really dark stuff. And it really did screw up things. And Whitney says, well, something's been switched from the time that she said she was fine with me to now. And Whitney in a talking head says, do I need to do a flash mob or a singing telegram, you know? you know, otherwise I just believe she's full of shit right now. And Heather says, the only reason you gave Whitney a chance is because she's my friend, or that's what Jen was telling Heather last episode. Um, Whitney says, uh, she talks shit behind all of our backs, you guys, especially Meredith. And they do a quick flashback and Whitney, like, I don't know if this is like, I mean, Whitney kind of like really kicked her in the knees is like, Hey, she even told us about Lisa's ex-boyfriend yeah, or Lisa's boyfriend and showed us pictures. She says to Heather and Lisa says, 
because Lisa doesn't know about this and says, I'm fuming right now. And I think that's oh, just about like Meredith. Yeah. 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 About, Cause she's like, she talks shit about all you guys. Like Heather, remember she was like showing you pictures of like Meredith's ex and Lisa and Meredith is supposedly tight. So Lisa was getting confronted with that information and also like, wait, she talks shit about me, you know? I actually completely had forgotten that like Meredith and Lisa didn't know at that point that Jen had been like talking trash on Meredith's like relationship for the entire season. <laughs> like I had like completely <laughs> forgot that that was never brought up to anybody yet. And then I was like, oh, like here well, we go. <laughs> okay. That's another Bravo show that I want to see. They do like people's couch and they do galley talk now for, I want to see the first time a housewife watches an episode. Like, oh don't you want to do, so don't you want to see Lisa Barlow watch like Jen Shaw talk shit, you know, and be like, oh, that, don't, you know, like it, to get that reaction would be amazing. Yes. Oh, Ryan, Ryan pitch that. Don't steal it from me. Or I'll sue you guys. <laughs> um, okay. So they're, they're like, kind of like bonding over Jen Shaw's craziness. Um, Lisa, if she's saying something about me, you better tell me right now. Lisa tells Whitney, this is when I wrote, this is truly an iconic episode. Like so much stuff is happening. Um, Lisa says she holds herself to a higher standard. Lisa Barlow is like, really wants to always point out how classy she is, you know? Yes. I love <laughs> yes. that. Same. <laughs> um, we get upstairs. Uh, Jen's on the phone with Sharif. We don't get to go inside the hotel room yet. We just see her from the outside door and you can hear her yelling. Oh, you know, Jen raises her eyebrows. They all freak out, but fuck Whitney, you know, and she, we see her bags out. We go into the hotel room. Now it is one of those things where like Sharif seems like he has a lot of these phone calls. Uh, I can only imagine how many phone calls Sharif probably has gotten during the filming of this season. <laughs> and I know uh, I was talking last week and, and and my friend was saying, well, you don't just leave your wife for four days, even if she does something, you know, crazy at your birthday. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But then if you have this pattern of behavior, if you're getting yelled at so much, everybody does have a breaking point, you know? Right. I agree. I think it's like, Obviously, they think there's stuff going on in their marriage that we're not 100% seeing on the screen. So it's like, it's kind of hard to be like, is he doing the right thing? Is she doing the wrong thing? Because I feel like we're not getting maybe like the complete full story, except that they're like having some difficulties because they're always apart. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we go upstairs. We're in uh, a bedroom with Lisa and Heather and Whitney and Meredith comes in and Heather's Heather opens Heather goes, welcome to the jungle. And this is what I like. This is like, it reminded me of like your first junior high party that your parents let you go to. And you're not with friend, you're not with family anymore. And you're like, Oh my God, look at us. We've got all the caffeinated soda we want and candies. And they seem like giddy. They seem like, Oh my God, I can't believe what just happened. Like it's that first season housewife vibe where they're like, Oh my God, this is actually crazy. Even to us, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think they're also like, man, that's going to be good content. When yeah. thing rolls. <laughs> that's what I was wondering. I want like, <laughs> I don't know if they know it yet, but like this is you actually see in this scene, uh, Whitney look at camera real quick because I think they're like, oh, my God, this is like one of the like, this is crazy. This is wild. You know, um, do you have 15? Oh, yeah. I'm good. You good. Yeah, I'm good. I lost. OK, cool. Cool. OK, Um. so uh, uh, they're talking in the room. Uh, Lisa says, yeah, we're all encouraging positivity and makeup and makeups and all that stuff. Um. And this is great. Sorry, my dog is snoring in the background. If you guys can hear that on the audio, I'm sorry. I can't clean that up. Um, Meredith says, uh, 
will got, you know, in her very subdued way, I have something to say. And since everyone is so interested in my marriage, we have been separated on and off for a very long time. And at times we've seen other people. And immediately we see- felt bad for Lisa in that scene. (laughs) Well, I I felt bad, bad. but at the same time, (laughs) it is kind of funny that like, that's a huge admission where you can kind of understand where people would keep that close to their vest, you know? Yes, for but sure. But also, this is about Jen Shaw, and then all of a sudden we get to talking to her from Lisa. This is the first time I'm hearing this. They didn't tell me they were both seeing other people. My feelings are hurt. The fact that she didn't tell me this is icing on the cake and the cherry on the top of the cake. Yes, that was such a good line. Yeah, it was just like she kept <laughs> like, adding. Wait, she kept what, how many things are we putting on this damn cake? <laughs> she kept adding layers to the cake, you know? Um, but I thought it was great, and it was like a very Lisa Barlow thing to like, try to personalize it immediately, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, Lisa says, it always comes down to loyalty for me. And she is the least loyal person uh, in Jen Shaw she's talking about. Um, and uh, But Meredith and Lisa say, hey, we're good with Whitney. We're moving forward. And Lisa then out of nowhere says, hey, I don't want to be her friend. I do not want to be Jen Shaw's friend. And Heather says, okay, whoa, whoa, she's toxic. Yes, but we all are a little bit toxic. Um, and I think it's worth to be friends with her still. And this is says, this is the perfect line we were talking about. Heather says, I'm your friend through crazy, through perfect, through depressed or happy. That's what friendship is, writing it out. And I'm like, that's Heather Gay wisdom, you know? It was so good. It was such a good statement. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I threw my fist into the air. I was like, yeah. I did too. I was like, that was great, Heather. <laughs> Um, so immediately we cut to the next morning, Lisa opens a door with her breakfast, which by the way, you guys, if you catch real quick, there's a sugar-free Red Bull in there. And that is, that is the coffee of champions in the morning. Um, Meredith, of course, is on speakerphone with Brooks. We find out that Brooks, Brooks stepped in Teddy's dog shit. And then Teddy shit all over Brooks's blue Montclair coat, which, which makes Teddy, the so bad it's good hero of the week. Yay, Teddy. Yay, Teddy. <laughs> 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 so easy. <laughs> uh, Heather is talking to her friend, uh, just letting her friend know, well, I got a text that Jen Shaw has gone and I need to pick up stuff. She has all the clothes that we got for her. my my little gift is all with her and I got to go get it. Um, this is when we get out of the blue, a Mary, um, a Mary scene with Charlinda. <laughs> Do you notice how Mary's always sipping a shake of some sort? Yes. Yeah. And just like wandering around her home and sitting and in her closet. And she says stuff. She's like, this is tasting good. This is tasting real good. You know? And I'm like, okay. And this is like her FaceTime magic. And we already talked about this. It's basically just Lisa Barlow filling her in on the information, which it's cute right now. But like, you're right. I, I don't want to see more of like, if Mary comes back, which I don't think legally she should i think she'll be in a lot of trouble eventually is that i don't want to keep having like well here's what happened so far mary you know i think she's venturing out of her house next week which i'm like thrilled about i, I think right did we see that <laughs> yeah i think we did see it <laughs> it just, might have been an illusion <laughs> it's just 10 feet down the, the sidewalk green screened so. it yeah that's actually you know if you're going to do these like let's catch you up with what's going on scenes have it at the very beginning of the episode of like so it's like this is what you missed last week on real housewives of salt lake city and then you have a quick check-in with mary she wasn't there yeah it's like well let me tell you mary mary's like oh jen shaw's not a good woman i told you that much you know um yeah mary's corner um so but basically 
Lisa's like, girl, girl, you, you, you know, you lucked out not coming here. You made the right call. And Mary's like, I told you she was horrible. And uh, then this new scene, we have Whitney, Meredith, and Lisa uh, in the, the front of the hotel. They're going to a surprise activity that Whitney is surprising the girls with. Heather's going to be coming 15 minutes late because she's running behind, supposedly. Uh, Heather goes to Jen's room and knocks. And there are like 60 Shaw Squad in there. Like it's like a packed Shaw Squad room. Yeah. And Jen Shaw is getting fully glammed, I think, in the same outfit she was in the night before. At least a headband from it. <laughs> so, yeah. It just yeah. seemed bright green. And my, she goes, Yeah, I was going cre- crazy. But my team was like, Jen, lay down. And she smiles. And she's like, she's like, and Heather's like, she's being charming and funny and nothing like the crazed. <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. like the crazed monster I saw spitting and yelling last night. How did she go from that there to this? Um, she's like, well, I'm just getting ready to go shopping. And then she asks the 80s Shaw Squad to step out of the room, which that's another thing. Imagine seeing like 80s Shaw Squad in like a hotel, like in the hallway of a hotel rooms, you know? I would be like, is JLo here? Is she here? In the <laughs> when I can't sleep, when I can't sleep at night, I count Shaw Squad. <laughs> the One new Shaw counting squad. sheep. There yeah, they go. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and Heather's like, girl, everyone is freaking out, you know? Um, and Jen goes, thank God for the Shaw Squad, which is why I, she goes, which is why I roll deep with them. Roll deep. You pay them. What do you mean roll deep? Like, what do you thank God for the Shaw? They weren't the Shaw Squad before they found you. It wasn't like you found them like all together and they were like a squad and then you made them a Shaw Squad. They probably got paid for the whole weekend too. So they're probably like, we should stick it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like, girl, lay down. We've got another night here. We I got want another my days. 24 yeah. hours that I'd like to get paid for. So, <laughs> poor Stuart, you can tell has a gambling problem, I bet. You know, he wants to go back. Steve's um, like, I haven't even hit the Venetian yet. Can we just stay yeah. one more night? This is off strip. I need to get on yeah. the strip. Um, and, Heather says, everyone's freaking out, you know? And Jen says, well, no progress is being made because no one is talking about the real issue. And Heather's like, you went wild and crazy on me. Well, you missed the whole thing. And Heather's like, no, I didn't. I was there. And she's like, no, the before part you got there. And she's like, no, I got what's going on. You freaked out on me. Jen says, I cannot move on until Whitney admits she lied or until Lisa and Meredith admits they lied. And this is when somebody's like, they're completely lost it and they have no room to ask for anything. And they're like, we need to do it my way or nothing else goes, you know? Yeah. Like she has no power here and yet she's demanding nothing moves forward. And like, girl, everything's moving forward. You know? I also think it's weird. Cause I feel like it was, if I remember correctly, it was like Mary was the one that said it to Whitney. So I feel like it's like Whitney has said, like Mary told, told me this. So it's like, I didn't lie. Like that's what I was, holds and somehow it's like only Whitney's fault and it's like where's this like disconnect here it's Mary's fault and Mary's like not left her closet since she said it so it's <laughs> Mary, like <laughs> Mary and Charlinda are, are yeah. laugh, laughing They're maniacally like, that was like, a good one <laughs> we, <laughs> we got him she was scary and now we haven't left in two months <laughs> we got him again Char squad yeah that's Charlinda squad um Heather says um well, this isn't the situation right now. You are the problem right now. You went off. And she goes, because people are lying. Jenna's screaming. She's like, um, and then we get a new scene where we, Whitney, Heather, Whitney, Meredith, and uh, Lisa are in broad daylight walking up to this huge house in Vegas. And we meet Kimberly Friedmutter, who is a hypnotherapist. 
And she's another redhead. She's another redhead mystic like we got in uh, the dinner party from hell in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know? The Housewives Essential. I mean, that's psychic. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, and it's such a big year for Housewives Mystics. We got the shaman on Real Housewives of Dallas, who is doing amazing work blowing oh, into Deandra's nose. Was, I almost we, gagged. Uh, <laughs> that's, I don't know a lot about uh, mystics, but are they supposed to physically blow into your body? Like Particularly in pandemic times. <laughs> it's like have you showered like um it's a but also what impressed me about this hypnotherapist was like she's in a huge house this house seemed like just really it was like a a west elm mixed with a museum creek lane (laughs) it was just really weird vibrators everywhere and um uh so help uh so we find out this lady is going to help she wrote a book called subconscious power which i'm like wow, I, like Whitney, like I want to know Whitney's reading list. Like that's, you know. Cause that's definitely not on mine. So no, it's, it's like, like <laughs> she's like, I read subconscious power and all like all John Grisham's. And um, so, uh, and this is when Whitney gives like a weird sound bite to me, which I was like, is this like, she goes, get out the crystals, get out the chakras, sound the gong. Cause we got a lot of shit to clear out right now. And we find out about trance state, which the hypnotherapist says is the bomb. And uh, they do a little exercise, um, like breathing in and out. Then we hear a doorbell, doorbell, you guys. And Heather comes in with Jen. Lisa's face is classic. Like Lisa's like, they obviously did not know she was coming. No, it was like, this is like those bastard producers got us. (laughs) Whitney is smirking. Meredith looks pissed. Meredith is like, the energy just shifted completely in here. And if you plug your nose, you can do like hashtag blast out that one. Huh? Uh, she's leading. Meredith says the she's leading through the through an exercise like place two ping pong balls in your hand, then take those balls away and put in two ba- uh, in baseballs. <laughs> and then of course we get the obligatory talking head of Whitney of like I love balls. <laughs> and um, Jen is looking around like what the fuck. And she's like, I came with Heather because I need to know who are my real friends and who aren't. And the mystic lady leads them into the other room. And this is when Lisa goes, I love that about some like, like elephant wood piece. (laughs) Can I touch? Yeah. Lisa's like, I love that. Can I touch? (laughs) And uh, Jen is already sobbing on the couch. And she's like, why is it always Jen that's too loud? The Jen's the, the, that's the one that's too much. I feel I'm the only reason why Meredith gets to leave. Um, oh, I'm the only reason. Oh, I'm the only reason that Meredith gets to leave the table, but there's no issue at the table. Like she's just kind of like saying things, I think. And Meredith says, yeah. the issue is you were telling me who to be friends with. Jen says, that's your perception. Um, which you can say that to anybody of like, that's your perception. Yeah. Like yeah. you can just like get out of anything with like, that's your perception. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it's a Meredith, great move. Really. If you want to gaslight someone. <laughs> I, totally. I mean, just every, I, that's why more guys need to watch this shit. They can find new ways to gaslight ladies. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's how you perceive it. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, in your mind, if that's what your mind is telling you that happened, I guess I can't argue that. It's not necessarily probably real. Jen's Meredith giving says, the master class. <laughs> Okay, that's a that's a classic two four split you're dealing with. You're gonna need to uh, make her think she's crazy immediately. Yeah. Um, Meredith says the issue is you. You know, oh sorry. Meredith says 
uh, Jen is not in touch with reality. Lisa says, we both talked multiple times and you kept going uh, last night, Jen. Jen says, I feel like I need to defend myself with what's going on. And she's acting like she doesn't know what uh, the ladies are talking about. Jen is crying now again. And so Jen realizes this isn't working. And this is like a thing actors do a lot. They see something's not working and then they go to a different tactic. So then Jen like, okay, I'm going to go crying now because I was just arguing. Now I'll go into defensive mode and cry. Jen says, it's my turn to talk um, after Lisa jumps in. And she's like, who's lying to me? And the hypnotist, the hypnotherapist is trying at this point to talk through, talk them through this. And this is like really funny. So Jen is starting to like apologize. And Ryan, place the clip right here. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, so this is interesting because she tries to apologize multiple times, but it's not a real apology. And the hypnotherapist stops her 8 billion times. The look on her face, she's getting so progressively pissed. Like each time the hypnotherapist is like, whoa, hold on. But <laughs> she Jen- just wants to like get, she's like, man, I thought they were all going to be hypnotized. So I was going to get to talk. <laughs> now she's like, oh, how can I insert myself in here? <laughs> You think Jen and the Shaw squad are the most amazing group of squads in the world. Um, But it's, yeah. So like Jen, you can tell is not used to being told no, but also you can also see that Jen is realizing she kind of has to like play the game and she can't freak out like she would if it was Whitney or Heather. So she does keep apologizing as she's getting corrected and she keeps not doing it right. According to the hypnotherapist. And Meredith says, it's contradictory to talk about loyalty. When I hear from multiple people, you are talking about my marriage. If it doesn't concern you, stay out of it. And she goes, I don't get angry often. Don't make me angry. And that's like, that's like what the Hulk used to say. Yeah, The Hulk used to say, don't make me angry, you know? And that's, I mean, I don't know if that's like a, maybe foreshadowing, maybe Meredith does turn into the Hulk at a certain point (laughs) next season, which would be cool. Um, she, I would uh, tune in. <laughs> oh my God. Could you like on a very special Salt Lake city? The Avengers crossover. You didn't know you needed. <laughs> oh my God. I'm starting to feel like Martin Scorsese around, uh, Fran Leibovitz. Um, uh, she, she, go, I would never get in anyone's, uh, Oh, Jen goes, I would never get in between anyone's marriage. Whitney goes, that's false. That is false. That is, and Heather goes, yeah, that's false. Uh, bullshit, Whitney says in a talking head. Jen absolutely is the instigator in in uh, everything with Meredith's marriage. Whitney says she said it. Heather said she said it. And Jen at this point is busted. And Jen realizes it, realizes it and goes, Meredith, I'm very sorry. I would never do anything to hurt you, especially. And the hypnotherapist jumps in. Um, and you know, well, you know, you gotta be receptive enough for you to hear, uh, you know, and see what's, this is the sorry part. Actually, this is the sorry part right here where she says, sorry, four times. And you're right. Jen looks unhinged and Whitney goes, I'm going to call a timeout. No, uh, the hypnotherapist goes, I'm going to call a timeout. We're going to play a game. It's called trust or not trust. And Worst uh, game ever. yeah, I've never played this game, but it it seems like it's kind of fun. And she goes, <laughs> who doesn't trust Meredith? Raise your hands. Nobody raises their hands. Who doesn't trust Lisa? Raise your hands. Nobody raises their hands. They're going around the room. Who doesn't trust Jen? Everybody raises their hands. 
And Jen goes, I open up my heart and my soul to these women. I would fight tooth and nail for these ladies and they make me feel attacked like they are ganging up on me. And then they go, who doesn't trust Heather? And only Jen raises her hand. Which is just to get back at <laughs> Oh yeah. Then at this point of like, yeah, I'll just, yeah. yeah. Heather like and att- someone's got to raise their hand for yeah. someone else. <laughs> Heather, Heather, you were close. You almost won that. Um, <laughs> Heather in a talking head says she's out of her mind. I followed her out of every single party. She's freaked out. out. I've always been for, there for her. And, um, and then the hypnotherapist goes, Whitney, are you okay? And she's like, I, um, I think I'm going to move over to the other couch. Cause she's next to Jen Shaw. You guys, she's like, I want my own space. And the hypnotherapist is like, I love that you do that. That's all very good. I always, and that's like kind of now, you know, that's a little Brown nosy. I think of Whitney of like, you know, I think, you know, she was like, I, she was kind of reclaiming her territory in this cast with Jen Shaw of like, I, I'm, I'm queen now, or like, I'm, I'm rising up and you're going down, you know? They could have just divided themselves with those huge throw pillows that were like the size of like an actual person. <laughs> I've never seen throw pillows larger in my entire life than what we're on. The, wow. On I hope, the I hope, I hope Craig isn't listening right now. He's like, and I took that as a challenge. Craig, um, I hope you do. <laughs> Heather um, Heather's like, what happened, Jen, was aggressive and violent and you came at me. I'm horrified that you preach loyalty, but um, you know, you've been a shitty friend and I've defended and I've defended. Maybe I have been completely blind. And last night I had a moment of realization. Um, Lisa goes, yeah, like these girls came in skipping and happy and you ruined it. Uh, she goes, my reaction will always be big with my family when it comes to who I love. And Lisa says, we all feel attacked. Jen's like, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff right now. And Lisa says, I don't want to be your friend. Maybe I'll change my mind, but I am shook. And Jen says, if you are trying to ruin a friendship, Heather says, you're on the brink of ruining friendships. And the hypnotherapist goes, this is very good. This is very good. And then that was the end of the episode. That's a really good episode. It was a really good episode. <laughs> like watching it a second time, I was like, it took me like an hour and a half to go through notes because so much stuff was happening. You know, it was, it was like, a. it was like, it reminded me of the first couple episodes when it was like, you were just strapped in for like a wild ride. <laughs> like every minute it was like, Whoa, what's happening? Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of my youth when I was young and free and yeah, no, I mean, it was driving it really through was. <laughs> California, <laughs> listening to counting crows. <laughs> Uh, um so uh you know you you, this was perfect you are amazing danielle i cannot believe that you have not done this most because this was just what i would consider a perfect conversation uh thank you so much for doing this with me um you are you anytime you want to come on and promote something anything uh this was just really just uh delight i I should stop using weird words like delightful but it was delightful and um i I want to let people know to follow you is hollaback cards right Mm-hmm. And it's Hollaback. There's also a website, hollabackcards.com. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that goes to my Etsy. What else can we do to help you, support you? What 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 else are you? Is there something like, is there uh is there things that you're coming out with now that you're like, oh, check this out for Valentine's Day or something? Um, no, I mean I've made some new Valentine's and I'm making like mugs now and stuff. So I'm trying to branch out and do more things. It's just finding the time to do it. But honestly, I just love like 
talking to people on my Instagram and like the best things that people have done. And like the best part of running this account has just been like meeting people and talking to people who like love the same stuff I do. So that's honestly well, like the I mean, most rewarding thing. So I, I, I feel uh, <laughs> very rewarded being able to talk to you day, today and considering you a friend now. So thank you yes, so much. I loved engaging um, with you. <laughs> <laughs> what are the metrics on our engagement today? Is there any? Is, I wouldn't disengage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm engaging doubly. Um, uh, what is your number one seller? What's of all time? Of all time, it might be my Luann in the Bushes card. <laughs> what a moment. Yes. Yeah. yes. Is, there, is there things that you're like, do you ever go through a creative process of like, I'm going to keep my eye on that. That might be one. And then it just doesn't like, and you're like, no, that didn't turn out to be as much of a moment as I wanted it to be. Like, I think the most difficult part of it is like, sometimes in the moment you'll be like, that was hilarious. Like I love this housewife. And like, then like a couple of years later, you're like, Whoa, like, okay. Jax has like gone very dark. Like Kelly Dodd's now no longer a positive beverage spokesperson or yeah. owner. It's like, it's, I think that's like the hard part of it. It's like things are so funny in like the the moment, and then like your like perception changes about like that Bravo celebrity or person as like time passes. Yeah, like so you I could never. You like could the ne- difficult thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're dead on right because we started these shows and it was like silly, goofy, fun, and as yeah. like the world changes and we change, it becomes a little darker on certain characters or certain moments. Like you can't do a card where you're like girl, I would never fire you. Like Stassi got fired after she said yeah. potentially racist that, you know, like you would never do yeah. that, you know, like, but it is weird this year, especially. And I think it's just, we are all under such a microscope, how many crazy things have happened, but there are still, that's what I love. Salt Lake was that this episode really just shows me like, Oh my God, there's still such insanely good moments that have nothing to do. Just have it's pure stupidity and lying and cheating. Those are the things that I want to champion and yes. not, uh, not the horribleness that we see all around us right now. You know, I love a good lighthearted, like, you know, uh, backroom brawl, but <laughs> yes. like it when it get like with the parrot drink and the porn star martini, but it's like, it sometimes recently, I think it's been really hard because it's like, this has gone like way sideways than I <laughs> yeah, thought. Like I, I was mean, getting I, to the Bravo show. Well, it's like, I don't mean to laugh, but I'm like, I, I mean, there were moments in this past year where I was like fully like, I, I was learning on the podcast about important issues like Black Lives Matter. Like, the, mm-hmm. I mean, important issues where I'm like, I started this, I was making like literal fart jokes. And now I'm like actually learning about these important things from really amazing people. And I was like, oh, wow, I think, I think I can do both. And I think Bravo can do both. I think it's just like a really weird bumpy year, you know? And I think they're trying to, which is great. I think that we need to see more of it, but I think this past year, like with Southern Charm, I think, and with Real Housewives of Atlanta, I feel like they're trying to get more like good, like social causes, social justice causes in there. And it like is nice to have the show be like, representative of real life more so and people can take away like valuable lessons that yeah like we all want to watch this and have a good time but I think it's important that we're watching people that we like believe in and want to support too yeah so yeah totally also uh did Southern Charm that reunion was great right oh my god it was so great except I wish they had had like all the chaos that has gone down in the last week on it (laughs) with like Madison and everything they should (laughs) and they should do like a five minute update yeah uh, an update Like that's what I mean. Things are moving so quickly where I'm just like, this is like, this is another thing where it's like, wow, the, the show outside of the show is competing with the actual show, you know? Yeah. It was like, I mean, the outside part of that show was way better than, I mean, the reunion was great, but like 
the last week was just like sent everyone in this like complete spiral. Yeah, so, like, I think I think yeah. I think a, lo- a good portion of the people don't realize. You know, I think not that they're dumb, but they don't realize that things are like filmed way in advance. Where they're like, "When the fuck is A Rod coming out? Is Jay Cutler going to come out? Is he going to come out? What's, where's Jay Cutler? You know." I would die if they're in. <laughs> and for our next guest, A Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those guys would be championing like, good. Yeah, buddy, you did it. Way to cheat. All right. Oh my God. Terrible. Um, so Daniel, thank you. I know you're busy. So thank you for taking so much of your day to do this. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your your company, you, your artistic mind. And uh, we will hopefully talk to you anytime that you want to come on. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Batches.